Amen. Thank you, choir. Is it just me or is there something about that name? Jesus. Maybe it would be enough just to dwell on that this morning. Jesus. Enough. More than enough. Father, I want to thank you for all you've provided for us as your children. Sometimes, Lord, it pains me to see how little we take advantage of of what you've given us. Sometimes it's amazing how many of us just stroll through life on our own, in our own strength. Lord, help us to get back to the basics. Help us, Lord, to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love our neighbor as ourselves. Thank you, Father, that there really is something about the name of Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we have our camping scene here. You know, when I woke up this morning in my tent, my coat was gone. Obviously, someone needed it more than I did, but I'm cold this morning. And I figured out, I've been out here long enough to figure out how to turn this thing on, this, or to light the fire, excuse me. All I have to do is clap my hands. Look at that. Look at that. You see, I'm getting to be a camper deluxe. Got your tent here, you got your food, you got your water and your clothes, the basics. Everyone knows that you can't be out there in the wilderness too long without this stuff. You die, the basics. There's also basics in our spiritual life as we follow Christ through this journey we call life. The basics. You know, there really are practical things that you can do, that you and I can do to grow in our faith? See, God didn't just call us to be followers of Christ, disciples of Christ, His body, in His, live in His kingdom. He didn't call us to do that and not, be, and not then equip us to be successful, if you will, in the kingdom of God spiritually. So there are practical things that you can actually participate in to grow in your faith. Things that will make you more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ our Lord. These days we are calling those things the basics. Bible study, accountability, service, intercession, community. We need to get back to the basics of life and personally emphasize those things. In our lives. Two weeks ago, we talked about the B, the Bible study. The B I B L E, yes, that's the book for me. You know, all of that? Bible. Let me ask you a question. Are you in the Word? No, 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 no wait a minute. I, I don't mean, you know, what I'm trying to say is, are you really in the Word? Or maybe I want to say it this way are you transformationally in the Word? Well, Pastor Chuck, since you put it that way, I'd have to say no. <laughs> and by the way, my life's not going that well either. Well, what in the world do you expect? Bible. 
study. It's something that, we, that, that has been provided for us. It's a gift from God and we are to eat it up. Live in it. You see, what happens is, and we've talked about this before, but many of us as followers of Christ are satisfied in the shallow end of the Christian pool. Just splashing around in what it, what it means to be a Christian in word. You know, just, this is just what it is. It's a culture thing. It was never meant to be that way. We're supposed to plunge into the deep end. And you do that effectively in God's Word. So I encourage you today, get started if you haven't already. Get started today. I mean really started. And stick to it. Don't, don't base your, your Bible study on the fact that it works or not. Or that today I haven't felt anything. Or for two weeks I haven't felt anything. Stick to it. God will speak to your heart and you will grow in your faith. God's Word. It's one of those basics that helps us get from where we are today to where God wants us to be tomorrow and beyond. The second letter we got, we, we talked about last week, was accountability. A, the accountability part. The body of Christ, in the body of Christ, everyone needs to be accountable to someone or to a small group. Now, accountability in our scene this morning, in this scene, it is, it is equated to clothing. Accountability. Um, no, no, I'm sorry, that's, that's service. But accountability is equated to water. You see, they say that you can't live more than 72 hours, give or take, without water. I wonder, how long can a Christian really faithfully and strongly survive in this world without being accountable to someone or a small group? I don't think very long. We need to humbly and lovingly be accountable to each other. Those, those words are important. Humbly and lovingly be accountable to each other. Under the right accountability circumstances, we can thrive in our faith. It's another one of those basics that we want to get back to. But this morning, we come to the S, service. Service is where the rubber meets the road in our Christian walk. Service puts feet or action to our faith. Service, and it can also prove our faith. When we obediently serve at the clear direction of God, we don't even have to open our mouths sometimes. We just serve. Our actions speak louder than any words we can conjure up. Or our actions match up just fine, thank you, to our walk or to our words. Service. It's what we do and people say, oh, that's what it means to follow Christ. Or, oh, that's what following Christ looks like. It's service. Do you serve? Do I serve? Remember last week we, we talked about a scripture for accountability, it was Colossians chapter 3. And in that passage of Scripture that we read, there were verses 12, 13, and 14. And this, these verses said, among other things, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. It also talked about forgiveness and love. What would it be like around any body of Christ, including Grace Point? What would it be like if we treated each other like this, we clothed ourselves, we clothed ourselves with, with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. 
And we, we were all about forgiveness. And we overarched all of it with love. See, service to each other and those that we come in contact with every day should be obvious. We, we put it on, if you will, so it's noticeable. Actions speak louder than words. Not noticeable for my glory or for what I get out of it. Noticeable so that God can use us to draw people to Him. See, service, it's one of those basics that we can be involved in that guarantees to help us grow in our faith. All of them together, working together. And when everything's clipping along there, we are living close to the Father, and He is pleased. We need to get back to the basics of life. Service. It's one of those things that a follower of Christ needs to be involved in in order to survive. It's that important. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 25. We're going to start reading at verse 31 and go to, thir- go to 46. It's a lengthy passage of Scripture, but I'll try to do my best to put on my best reading ability here and, and listen to these words or follow along as I read. Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a sheep or as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me. Who are you, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels? For I was hungry and you did nothing. I was thirsty and you did nothing. I was a stranger and you did nothing. I needed clothes and you did nothing. I was sick and in prison and you did nothing. They also will answer, Lord, when did we do nothing? Don't even remember that. And he replied, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous will live, or then, but the righteous to eternal life. An amazing passage of Scripture. I want to look at it a few minutes this morning. Listen to this first point. See if you can wrap your mind around this first point. I'm still chewing on it. Here it is. When we serve others, we are serving Jesus. What? Did did you get that? 
when we serve others, each other, we are serving Jesus. I wonder if that's really true. See, here's the scene in our scripture this morning. Jesus is on his throne in heavenly glory. Many believe this is a picture of the judgment day to come. Jesus is sitting on his throne in heavenly glory. All the angels are with him. And all nations are gathering around him. It must have been an awesome sight. Think about that. Angels. All the nations parading past Jesus on the throne. Jesus begins to praise some of the people that are passing by. Verses 35 and 36. For I was hungry and you did this. I was thirsty and you did that. Jesus starts praising them. And then what happens is the people reply to Jesus, when did we do that? When did all that happen, Jesus? The key verse in this section is verse 40. Jesus replies to these people that he's just blessed. I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Whatever you do for those in need, those that are suffering around you, you do for me, Jesus says. See, Christ, when he was here, was all about service. It wasn't his middle name. It was his first name. All about service. And he wants his followers to be the same way. When we serve others, we serve Jesus. Now, if Jesus came here today, I mean, I mean, actually walked through the doors and sat here on the front seat. If he actually came and sat down here, we could all see him. He would create quite a stir. He always created a stir when he walked into a room. Some of us would be uncomfortable just because Jesus was here. He wouldn't look like us. He wouldn't dress like us. You know, dirty feet and all that kind of stuff. Somebody get a bowl to wash his feet, please. You know, all of that stuff. Some of us would be uncomfortable. But I think some of us would line up and want to do something for him. We'd want to serve him. We would say, we'd even we'd get down here in the front seat. We'd kneel on our, on our kneel down and say, Jesus, Lord, Master, what can I do for you? Anything. You ask me anything, I'll do it for you. I want to serve you. I mean, who wouldn't want to? He's Jesus. The Lord of all lords. The King of all kings. The, the Creator. The Son of the Creator. He is the Messiah. The Son of God. Well, I've got good news for you, brothers and sisters. Jesus is here, and we can serve Him. We can serve Him. How? When we serve others, we serve Jesus. When we humbly and lovingly serve each other, we are serving Jesus. By putting our rights and our comforts on the back burner and leaving them there. And serving others, even if it stretches us, even if it hurts, even if it costs us, service. It's one of those basics that we need to get back to. When we serve others, we are serving Jesus. What an awesome, revolutionary, transforming thought. The second thing I've noticed in this passage of scriptures, I read through it, is that service seems to be second nature to followers of Christ. Second nature. See, when we give our hearts, to, hearts and lives to Christ, 
Our priorities change, or they should. We begin to walk with God. He lavishes His love on us. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. He lavishes His love on us. We love Him now with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We use that love that's come from the Father to love each other as we love ourselves. Now, God helps us see people in a whole new light. We've never looked like that, looked at it like that before. We never paid attention like that before. But now, because of the love of Christ flowing through us, we look at people differently. We hadn't noticed that before. And many of the things we notice as we look with the eyes of Jesus to the people around us, it breaks our hearts, just like it breaks His. And before we know it, we're hip deep into service. It just happens. It, it, it's something that we just do. We can't help ourselves. This love is flowing through us and we serve to the glory of God. We roll up our sleeves. We open our wallets and our purses and we serve to the glory of God. It's not a habit. It's a lifestyle. It's not an in-my-way habit or duty. It's a Christ-like or God-like lifestyle. Look again at verses 37 to 39. The righteous will answer the Lord, answer him, Lord, when did you, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you something to drink and all those other things? When did we do that? You see, they served as if it were second nature. They didn't even think about it. And they weren't doing it to be blessed, or they weren't doing it to get an inheritance. They were doing it because they loved God, and they put themselves at His disposal. They were serving because they loved. They couldn't help themselves. It was like second nature. I want to live like that, don't you? Peace, love, forgiveness in my heart, and a willing spirit. Lord, use me. Take anything and everything I have, because it's all yours anyway. Take anything and everything I have and use me to help somebody else. Use me to serve someone in need. Please, Lord, next time you ask me or nudge me to do something... Help me to not even hesitate. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Service. It's almost like it's second nature. The third thing that I've noticed through this passage of Scripture, it's rather obvious, even for me, is serving others is very important to Jesus And it brings with it eternal consequences. This is amazing and perhaps sobering to some. See, in our biblical scene this morning of Matthew 25, like I said before, there's a separation that is happening. The people of all nations are separated into two groups. Sheep on the right. I know that's my left arm, but it's your right. Sheep on the right and goats on the left. And he is separating them out. Verses 32 and 33 say this. And in the context of the Bible, sheep are good and they please God. Goats are bad and they don't please God. 
By the way, can you tell the difference from a goat and a sheep when they talk or when they when they talk when they say something? I can't. I don't have a trained ear, but but somehow Jesus can. He separates them out. In this scene, Jesus begins praising the sheep, those that he has separated on the right. He says in verse 34, listen to this. He says to them, come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Interesting. In this section of Scripture, there is only one single criteria for blessing and inheritance. Now here's the picture of the judgment day, some say. There's only one criteria for blessing from God and inheritance. And it simply is service. This is extremely important to Jesus. Do you believe that? Do you remember in John chapter 13, Jesus was gathering his disciples in the upper room? And this was the last time he was going to have a significant conversation with his disciples before he was crucified? So there were some, some real important stuff he wanted to get to them again. He wanted to, to say to them again. And in verse 1 of chapter 13 of John, it says this, In the upper room, Jesus wanted to show them the full extent of his love. In other words, Jesus wanted to show him how far his love would go. He took his outer garment off, put a towel around his waist, got a basin of water, and started washing their feet. This is the Son of God taking the role of a lowly servant. Now they protested, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Jesus, come on, this is not my picture of the kingdom. This isn't it. Jesus shocked them all, all, and that is not an understatement. But listen to these incredible verses in chapter 13, verses 12 to 17. Listen to this, what Jesus says to his disciples. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to this place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. You are blessed if you do them. Blessed? What do you mean blessed? Blessed for what? Service. Lowly service. Serving others in need is important to Jesus. And whether you do it and I do it, has eternal consequences for us and for those that we serve. When we serve in the name of Jesus, then people say, oh, that's what it means to be a follower of Christ. If Jesus were here this morning, right here, in this seat, we'd all know it. He's sitting there. Many of us would line up and say, Master, 
what can I do for you? I want to serve you, my Lord, my Savior. I want to serve you. You know what he'd say? He'd take a towel and he'd hand it to us. And he would say, serve one another. Because when you serve each other, you serve me. Whatever you do for others in my name, (laughs) you do for me. Service. One of those basics that we're getting back to. Service. Here at Grace Point, we have a number of opportunities for people to plug in and do service in the name of Jesus. In your bulletin this morning, there was a brochure. It was a kind of an orangish, orangish color, I guess. And in that brochure, it has some examples, many of the examples of service that you can be involved in in the body of Christ. And I would ask that you would prayerfully consider these because it's one of the basics and it's important to Jesus. Another thing that we can do this morning, and I hope it is a rare time, a rare thing that we can do, is we have been called to serve the people of Haiti. This is Help Haiti Sunday. At the end of our service today, I would ask you to respond in two ways. First of all, there was a gray card in your bulletin, this blank gray card. If you have any interest at all, even a little bit, at going on a work and witness trip to Haiti in the months to come and maybe in the years to come, I'd just like you to put your name, your phone number, and your email address on this card. Now, you're not signing up for anything. It's just... As we get information, we will, we will send it out. And if you can go on a, on, a, on a trip in 6, 8, 10, 12 months, then we'll contact you and we'll get all the information. So if you are interested at all in going and helping those precious people, just put your name on the card and your phone number and your email address. There's also a little card in our bulletin this morning that talks about some of the things Grace Point has done and will do as we help Haiti. The children are involved in their penny drive. The youth are involved, will be involved with their neck, with their uh, bracelets on, help, on pray for Haiti. Um, it says pray for Haiti on them. And Grace Point South is putting together crisis care kits. Why? Because on Tuesday afternoon, on January 12th, the worst earthquake in 200 years hit Haiti. 7.0 on the Richter scale, 10 miles from the capital city of Port-au-Prince. The quake was followed by 12 aftershocks of 5.0 or greater. The country was devastated. The people were devastated. To this point, over 230,000 people have been killed, and many more are still unaccounted for. That adds up to 12% almost of their population died in this earthquake. It is our responsibility as followers of Christ to serve these people in a sacrificial way. I'm asking you, we've been, I've asked you to pray about it. Carl and I have prayed about it. Interestingly enough, um, Carl and I were talking to each other and said, well, 
what should we do in this offering? And she says, well, what, what, what did you think we should do? I gave her a number, and she kind of laughed, and hers was three times mine. I said, you've got to be kidding me. But then I hugged her and said, praise the Lord. You know, God bless you, dear. Well, what are you going to do? You see, what we can do, Carl and I, is in, in a number of months, we can replenish that over time. They can't. They're desperate. So all I'm asking us to do, and I haven't been asking you to do, is prayerfully consider what God wants you to do to be part of this offering. I wanted to have information for us today about a pastor that we're going to help, or a church, or a specific community, but it's not possible yet. There's still plenty of chaos there. So what we're going to do is we're going to take this money, we're going to put it in a separate account, and we're going to leave it there, until we have everything figured out. It's just not possible to get all the details I wanted to this point. So if you would just prayerfully this morning, and I hopefully you've done this before, what God wants you to do, we're getting back to service. More information will be coming, and I pray that God would lead us as he's calling us to serve. Can we pray together, Father? Would you move us and mold us? Would you nudge us, Lord? Maybe even shock us. Help us, Lord, to know what you want us to do to help these precious people in another part of the world. But also, how can I serve here in my community, in my local church and beyond? Lord, help us to get back to the basics of service. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm going to invite you to come forward in a few minutes and drop. There's three baskets, and these bricks here are symbolic of the, the, the rubble. There's three baskets, so you can put your cards and your offering in, if, if you will. We have a Nazarene seminary in Haiti. After the, the earthquake, all the buildings were pretty much intact, but the big, the big wall around the compound broke down. And in Haiti, you've got to have protection. So it's just a symbol of the broken walls that symbolically we are going to help to rebuild. We also want to spend time praying this morning for the needs of our congregation, the prayer at the end of the service. So as you come forward and give in the offering, perhaps you'd like to stay and pray for a burden or something that you're carrying around with you. I have many requests. Um, this morning I heard that Mark Wagner went into the hospital. We want to pray for Mark. Diane Hunt needs our prayers. Al Meyer, Mark Brown was in the hospital this week, needs our prayers. Norm Munt, think of Deb Miller, on and on and on, these people that need a special touch from the Lord. And then there's the yellow cards. I placed them on the altar. Those, those names, that one name that you wrote on your yellow card that God would bring to him between now and Easter Sunday. I want to pray for them. We want to thank God that two young ladies that grew up in this church are moms today. Tiffany Huber and Jonkel Robbins. That's right. Are both new moms today. That's not their name anymore, but Anyway, you know who that is. So as we, we listen to Pastor Edgar pray or play, let us bow our heads and worship him. Come at this time if you will.
just keep coming as I pray. Lord, I thank you for this response. I thank you, Father, for the faithfulness and sacrificial giving of your people. And Lord, would you use what is given and multiply it as only you can to help the precious suffering people of Haiti. Lord, would you connect us with just the right project that we can help in significant ways. Lord, we want to encourage our brothers and sisters that are in such desperate straits at this time. We ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit be poured out in that country, that you'd guide and direct the, the aid workers and the, the, the people that are, that are helping to rebuild even as we speak. I ask, Lord, you give them wisdom and protection. Father, thank you for this opportunity. We want to be part of it, Lord. We will continue to be part of the solution to what needs to happen in that country. Father, here at home, where we live, we ask that you'd help us to be people that lift up Christ where we live. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to be the kind of people that seek you with all of our hearts. Father, you know there's many people in our congregation that are suffering now in many ways, some of them physically. Lord, you know who they are. You've been with them. And we ask that you'd continue, your continued presence would be close to these folks. We think of Diane Hunt today. Lord, would you touch this precious saint? And Brother Al Meyer and his wife Lois, bless them, Lord. Pray for Mark Brown, who's in the hospital this morning, Lord. Touch his body. Deb Miller and Mark Wagner and Norm Munt and many others, Lord. Meredith Knott, we ask, Lord, that you would be close to these ones that need such a touch from you. Father, we pray for those names on those yellow cards that we wrote down, and we are praying that you would work powerfully in their hearts and lives. Would you take a moment and pray for that name you wrote on the card? Just take a moment and lift that name to the Lord. Oh God, use us to make a difference in the lives of people that desperately need you. Father, we thank you for new life. We thank you for, for how you've blessed Tiffany and Jonkel and, and their husbands with these, this new baby in their lives. Bless them, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healthy ones. We ask, Lord, that you would continue to use these parents to raise these children to honor and glorify you. Father, we pray each week for our military. We ask, Lord, that you'd be with these young men and women. We pray, Lord, that you would protect them as they are in harm's way. We ask, Father, that you would hear us call out their names, that you'd go to where they are, Father, and that you would touch them in all areas, physically, spiritually, emotionally, Lord. Would you protect them? Lord, we pray for Steve and Justin and Matt and Brett and Jim and Bill and Andrew and Donald and Liliana and Jeffrey and Jeff and Jamal and David, Jacob and Tony and Brittany and Nicholas and Marcus, Ryan, Jared, Brian, Phil, Israel, Nick, Les, Sean, Xavier, Brad, Jeff, Javier, Jay, Justin, Brett, Nathaniel, Christina, Jason, Josh, Douglas. Lord, we ask that you'd be with these and many more. 
bring them home safely. Father, we pray for our country, our leaders. We ask that you would speak into their hearts and lives and that they would listen and obey. Help us to be the kind of citizens in this community that you need us to be to lift up Christ so that you can draw men and women, boys and girls to your side. Father, we pray for our missionaries who are serving sacrificially. We pray for the Wades and the Riggins and the Walkers. Lord, we ask that you would encourage them in their faith today as they speak your word. Father, you are awesome in this place. We bow before you. We worship you. And we say, here we are, Lord. Use us. Thank you, Lord, that your son was such an example to us of service. Help us to walk in his way. Help us to go and do likewise. For those kneeling at the altar today, Lord, would you minister to their hearts and lives and lift their burdens. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.